There's a saying about helping yourself before helping others, and I believe that is absolutely true. But when I had really low self-esteem, I helped others, which there's nothing wrong with that, but I did it because I didn't care about myself. I didn't believe I was worth helping, so instead I dedicated my life to helping other people because I did not like myself. I couldn't look at myself in a mirror. I was embarrassed of who I was, of the skills that I lacked, and one of the things that I always wanted to do was be able to to hang out. As a person living with mental health challenges, a lot of people just went away from me and I was left to hang out by myself. Then I realized, wait a minute, all this time, I've been thinking about that in a negative light, but what if I actually started hanging out with myself and I enjoyed it? I embraced the fact that that is not a bad thing. That is a good thing. Welcome, everybody, to the third edition of Happy to Fail, the podcast where we break the odds, we break the expectations that people living with mental health challenges can't live happy, healthy, and productive lives. And we do that by sharing our stories, not focusing on the problem, but instead focusing on the solution because our lived experience builds our resilience. We learn to appreciate things just a little bit more because we overcome those things and those make us stronger each and every day. And isn't that a beautiful thing that at some point in your life, you thought that, wow, I'm not going to be able to get to that point. I'm not going to be able to have that house that I wanted, that family that I always wanted, or, or most importantly, maybe I just didn't like myself. Maybe, dare I say, we hated ourselves at some point, but nowadays, that is a completely different story. My name is Juan Velas Court. I am from Puerto Rico, and I am a certified peer specialist, which means that I can provide those support services based on my experience to other people suffering or dealing with similar situations because I'm proud of where I came from. I'm proud of overcoming my mental health challenges, and that's exactly why I share them here each and every Monday. This show is not meant to replace uh, professional emotional support or other related services. So if you're somebody that is going through something right now and you need help, please don't hesitate to contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Please don't be afraid to make that call because it truly can save your life. And if you're from Puerto Rico like me, you can contact AMSCA's 24-7 crisis line known as Lina Paz at 1-800-981-0023. They, just like the other one, have passionate professionals that want to help you. This is going to be a very personal episode of Happy to Fail because I feel like we always work towards this. I feel like so many people, mental health challenges or not, work to help others, work to please others, work to develop this image that maybe it's not even who we internally are, but we do that because we're always just trying to find happiness from within. We're trying to find who are we? Like, what, what does Juan like to do? Where does Juan want to go? And from the moment that I was diagnosed, I feel like my life had collapsed, like it was never going to get better. And it led to me just sort of hating myself. It led to me just realizing, like, I am a repulsive human being. I have not one, not two, but three different mental health diagnoses. I have been hospitalized. I've been bullied. My family shoves me to the side. What is this? But I remember going to school and always seeing the other kids just hanging out, playing Game Boy. I had a Game Boy. And those gamers out there know that the Game Boy had a link cable so you can connect two Game Boys and play together. 
I didn't have anybody to connect a Game Boy with. I wish I would have connected my link cable with somebody else, but I was not able to. And, and I'm, I'm smiling and laughing now. But it's true. It's those little things that, that make us better, that expand our, how we communicate with one another. But I never had that experience. So even going all the way up to college, I'll never forget it. The only reason I went to college was because my mom was always motivating me to try to go there, to try to overcome those odds that I had about social anxiety and human interaction, because I was terrible at that. I mean, even today, if you want to get me out of my comfort zone, just try to have small talk with me. And uh, let's just say that is not all that pretty. But I was scared of those social interactions because I didn't know who I was. Whenever I saw a television show, whenever I listened to a specific song, I would always ask myself, do I like that because I actually like that? Or do I like that song or do I like that movie because it's the only thing that I know? And part of it is my obsessive compulsive disorder, which by nature just makes you question everything, right? So you have that mixed with low self-esteem and that's just a really bad soup that I never recommend anybody because not only would it taste weird, it's just a terrible situation uh, to be in. But the things that help me learn to love myself is that I realized, okay, so if I don't know me, I'm just going to get to analyzing other people. And that's exactly what I started doing. And one of the things that really helped me is that Puerto Rico is a small island, right, for anybody that hasn't been here. But it still takes a while, a couple of hours, about three hours to drive from one side of the island to the other, right? But fortunately for the metropolitan area, which is where I live, at least uh, I must have been 10, 11th grade, something like that. They actually had a brand new train station. And for the first month or so, it was actually free. And the good thing is that the school that I was going to was uh, completely accessible. I would just have to walk like maybe 10 minutes or so. But to me, it was like, huh, I have the opportunity to walk by myself and just study people. You know, not only would it be me walking to school I would actually see other people, other peers, you know, from the school walking there and I could see like how they walk, how they dress, how they speak. And I know it seems a little bit outrageous to be analyzing those little things, but as somebody that since I was six years old, my life was basically home, psychiatrist, psychologist, home, and then every now and then I would go to school. These are the things that I learned to not take for granted, which is just to, to analyze people, which looking back... I must have looked really weird just sitting there in a bench, analyzing old people, analyzing young kids and things like that. But that really helped me because up until that point, my mother was the one that was taking me to school. And this is the first time in my life maybe where I started to take a little bit more control of my life, where I told her, hey, we have the train station here. Why don't I take it? And we were both scared because I had never been alone up, up until that point. And the little times that I was, let's just say those were not the best results. So the first time that I took the train, I remember I had my earbuds. And, and for me, earbuds is something that really helped me because music, CDRs, people, this is before iPods. iPods were about, a, yeah, the iPods actually just came out around that time, but we didn't have the money for that. So what helped me while I was by myself is that I would go to the train station and I had my CDR. Yes, people, we made some of them CD mixtapes almost. Had some Metallica, ACDC, Guns N' Roses. I was a big fan of rock. I would put my earbuds inside of my shirt, and then they would peek out at the top. So whenever I got anxious, 
just put the earbuds on. And that's something I still do to this day. It just became a habit, but it always helped me. So the first time that I was walking uh, through uh, Rio Piedras, for those in Puerto Rico, it was learning to appreciate each and every little thing, looking at the stores, looking at the clothing, seeing like, oh, I don't fit into that shirt right now, but maybe down the line I actually do. And the fact that I would put the music on, you know, with the earbuds and I would go to school, then I would put that away. It just made me realize like, wow, I can do this. I can walk by myself and go back to the train station, which embarrassing story. <laughs> One of the times I must have been in uh, uh, 12th grade at this point, I fall asleep pretty easily. And there were about seven to eight stops between the school and my house, like the, the, the closest stop to my house. I fall asleep. And as I wake up, I realize that I'm already at the stop that I need to get off of at, but the door shuts in my face while I'm still inside running towards it. Oh boy, anybody that's been through a similar situation knows exactly how embarrassing that is because people were laughing because you could tell I was panicking, you could tell I was falling asleep, but it's the little things that make you appreciate that. And hey, guess what? Even though I went through uh, an embarrassing situation, I still took the train the next day. Because it motivated me, because I said, hey, you know what? I went through the embarrassing situation, yet despite that, I'm alive. Yet despite that, I'm still here. So what else can I do? So what I started doing is, okay, usually when I walk through that street in uh, Rio Piedras, I'm wearing the earbuds. I'm going to take one earbud off so I can listen to the background, so I can listen to the surroundings more. And guess what? I'm going to start waving to people because when you go to school almost every day, because I didn't go every day because, well, I was just not emotionally in the best place. Eventually, you see the same people, right? So naturally, you're going to start nodding or waving or saying hi. But that was something I was never used to. So the fact that I was able to do that, just let me know, hey, I maybe don't have friends right now, but I'm having a good time. I'm interacting with people. And most of all, I'm saying hi because I want to say hi, not because I feel obligated to. I'm not taking the earbud off because I have to. I'm taking the earbud off because I want to. That's very different. And then there was the next step. And for those that love toys and love video games, may this place rest in peace, KB Toys. There was a KB Toys there because usually my instinct growing up was, okay, so I'm out of school, so I'm immediately just going to take the train back home because I didn't have a job, I didn't have money or any of that. But there was always a toy store that I thought to myself, like, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a gamer, I love toys, so why don't I just stop there, browse around for a little bit, maybe I, I can ask some questions. And a lot of times there would be uh, grandmothers that were trying to get a gift for a, you know, a, a family member, and they didn't know about it. They didn't know about wrestling stuff, they didn't know about video games. So naturally, my instinct was, Hey, I know about that. I can help you out. And the store people were very happy to just be able to uh, allow me to do that. And that was my first experience going like, wow, I actually know something. Up until this point, everybody educates me. Now, sure, we're talking about toys. We're talking about video games. It's nothing groundbreaking. It's nothing revolutionary. But it is the one thing that I knew about. And I embrace that. I cherish the fact that Hey, you want to talk about experts in video games? You got me, man. Don't, don't ask me about anything else because I'm just going to be terrible. But once again, I challenge myself to have that human interaction and that let me know, hey, Juan, 
If you're talking about this, that means that you can answer one of the questions that you post at the beginning of the podcast episode, which is, do I like this because I actually like this? And I feel like whenever we're passionate about something, it can be a movie, it can be a book, it can be uh, cooking, anything, right? The passion comes out. It just flows naturally. You don't even really think about it. It just kind of happens at the spur of the moment. And it did with me with those specific things. And then I took that one step further because instead of taking the train all the way to the stop that I needed to get to so I could get to home, I purposely got off like two stops before. So I would have to walk longer distances because not only would that help me, I must have weighed about, I don't know, 250 pounds at that point. And I'm only five, six and a half. And I'm saying and a half to make me feel a little bit better about myself. But keep in mind, I was a very heavy kid. So not only was it an opportunity to physically get better, I was emotionally getting better as well because I was getting off at one of the stops that has the most traffic, the most people walking down the street. And as somebody that suffered from that social anxiety, I'd always be thinking to myself like, oh, that person's just calling me fat. Now, here I am in the very middle of it, working through that, being able to manage that, being able to overcome that. And naturally, the place that I walked to was a Chinese buffet. Look, life ain't perfect. Yeah, I'm talking about losing weight, but there was a Chinese buffet that had just opened a couple of weeks prior, and I'll be perfectly honest, that was my main motivation to get to that place. It got to the point that I went there so much that uh, I wouldn't even have to ask for my order. It would always be a Diet Coke and then the uh, buffet, which looking back, I mean, it's a buffet. I'm not going to be asking for a lot more stuff. But then here's the thing. I actually established a healthy, or I guess you could say unhealthy relationship with the staff because I would go there, not not like every day because I'd be dead by now, but I went there a couple of times a week. I'd just come there with my backpack and I'd just be thinking to myself like, hey, could I, could I like study here? Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, I started studying at a Chinese buffet. But guess what? I did it around other people. And looking back, I mean, if that's not overcoming social anxiety, I don't know what it is because you have people with some sweet and sour chicken, with some uh, teriyaki sauce, with some uh, tostones, with some french fries, all that good stuff, fried rice. And then there I am with my notebook, with my Nokia phone, watching clips of The Daily Show because uh, it included it in our membership with uh, AT&T. But what matters about all of this is that I embrace being alone. I feel like for me, there's a really big difference between being alone and loneliness and feeling alone. Because the implication of the first one is that, hey, you're technically alone. There's nobody by your side. But as I said, that's not a bad thing. That can be a good thing. And some people love to spend time with hundreds of people around them. That's their lifestyle. And there's nothing wrong with that either. But we're not surrounded by people 24-7 at some point, whether it be an elevator walking down the street, your car stops working, you're going to be forced to be out of your comfort zone. And the moment that you're able to start working with that, overcome that and realize, hey, this thing that I saw as a problem is actually a mechanism to learn more about myself. And that's, that's pretty cool. That's a really good opportunity. So embrace the loneliness. And I'll eventually be doing an episode focusing on experiences traveling to different parts of the United States. But giving you a hint of that, one of the first times that I traveled by myself was to uh, Maryland, I believe it was. 
And the first thing that I did is that I went to Google and I started studying places that I could go to for food because I love food. Food is maybe one of the five reasons that I'm alive because I love the flavors. I love the experiences. And I told myself, like, I want to go to the farthest away place where I got to take like five bus stops, two train stops. I don't care if it takes three to four hours to get there. The fact of the matter is I'm going to leave my comfort zone because not only am I going to be walking down the street, I'm not even in Puerto Rico, which is where I live. So moving out of that comfort zone built up my resiliency. And then I realized that with the earbuds, with taking one of the earbuds off, with sometimes taking both sides off and appreciating the background, when you're sitting in that, in that train or you're sitting in that bus, you can listen to the conversations, listen to the everyday situations, the everyday problems. You're walking down the street, you see a t-shirt that you're like, I don't have the money uh, to buy that right now, or maybe that just doesn't fit me right now, but give me a couple of months, give me a couple of years. And I realized, Juan, being by yourself is not a bad thing. This is so good. And even now that I spend time with my mother, with my wife, with my friends, I'm involved in all sorts of efforts that involve public speaking and just going out to the community and doing things. My favorite parts, my favorite moments in life are things like this right now. Spending time by myself, just being in a place where this is my experience. I make this what I want to make from this or what I, what I want to have from this. That is beautiful. So my, my suggestion, my recommended resource for this video, for this podcast episode is not a YouTube link. It is a pen, paper, maybe a pencil. Think of a location that you enjoy sitting down at that is outside your home. It can be anything. It can be a park. It can be a train stop or anything like that. Grab a pen and paper and write the things that you would like to do by yourself, but you haven't done them. Think about that. And don't use your phone. There's a, a lot of evidence that points out that when you write in good old pen and paper, your mind tends to work itself a little bit harder, a little bit better than it would if you wrote on your phone. So just do that because I did something like that about a decade ago, and I'm going to be sharing that in the next episode because the next episode of Happy to Fail is going to focus on the list. At one point, my psychologist told me this was a very dark point in my life that even though I had learned about myself, this happened after everything that I just shared. So recovery is not a linear path. I was depressed. I was not able to get out of that depression. So my psychologist told me, hey, grab a pen and paper, grab a notebook or something, go to a place that you feel comfortable and write whatever comes to mind. And what came to mind were the things that I did not like, or honestly, things that I hated about myself, things that I thought I could never reach. And then I analyzed, how am I going to overcome those? And I still have that list and I'm looking at it right now because I'm going to be sharing it in the next episode. So I'm going to be talking about that. So trigger warning, because it is a very real list. I'm going to try to lighten up the mood as much as possible, but Juan was really, really depressed at that moment. So we'll be talking about the list in the next episode. So if you feel like Happy to Fail can help you or it can help others, consider subscribing to the podcast feed or subscribing to the YouTube channel, leaving a review on your favorite podcast app of preference, and uh, share clips. You can find me on social media, all of the above, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Happy to Fail. You can also send me an email at juan at happytofail.com. Thank you for watching and listening. 
Take care, everybody.